You're listening to Anthropo Cinema, a podcast for the end times. I'm Miriam Zaringham. I'm Shayna Montaneri. I'm Rebecca Boyle. And I'm Kate Marvel. So this is the show where you, dear listeners, get to vote for a terrible, terrible science-y-ish movie for us to watch. And you do this by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash anthropocinema. And then we watch that movie, record this little here podcast that we've got going on, and send that money to a nonprofit that's doing really amazing work. So this month, you guys voted for us to watch the horrendous film Geostorm. I know. Shame on you. Shame on all of you. Just awful. I procrastinated. I watched it last night. It was a real slog for everyone to get through this. No one really wanted to watch it. So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we watched this terrible movie because you, our dear listeners and dear Patreon supporters, donated money to force us to watch this movie so that we could then donate that money to what amazing cause, Kate Marvel? We are giving the money this week to Billion Oyster Project, and we will have an interview with them coming up. And the Billion Oyster Project is a citizen science project coordinated by the New York Harbor School with the goal of restoring one billion live oysters to New York Harbor by 2030. Which is amazing. Their number of oysters so far restored by the Billion Oyster Project is 28 million. Wow. So they're getting there. So that is a really good solution to environmental destruction. But let's talk about really terrible destruction or terrible solutions to environmental destruction, namely Geostorm. Here's the, here's the thing about Geostorm. I don't know what this movie was about. <laughs> No, it was terrible. I mean, it was really, it was really bad. bad. It was one of you told I, me that I would feel kind of gross after I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, surely it's just bad and silly." But no, I really did feel kind of like I needed to take a shower. It was really depressing. I thought it was going to be some like futuristic thing, but it is literally set in 2019. We watched Geostorm. I still don't know what a Geostorm is. Well, because we don't see one, which I didn't realize until like weeks after watching the movie that the Geostorm doesn't even happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, the whole thing is a countdown yeah. to Geostorm. Yeah. I was so happy about that, actually. That was by far my but, favorite part where it was like, time to Geostorm, two minutes and 56 seconds. What were the storms that we were watching? Those... They yeah, were like the beginning of are those like regional storms, storms yeah, like big local storms, but not the geo storm. So they weren't geo; yeah. they were yeah. just regional. Yeah, I feel like storms. we need to back up and like establish what is even happening in this movie, right? All right, guys, <laughs> this movie came out in 2017. It starts in 2019, which is now. So somehow they had time travel in the budget to like look forward and see all of these like it starts with these catastrophic weather events in 2019. And I'm like, is this the future? Well, I mean, it could be the future, right? Because there's still, you know, it's February. So it could be like November 2019. You don't know. We could have, you know, had artificial gravity by now. You know, who knows? I mean, no, maybe it's so maybe this is 2019's when all the bad stuff happens. Then they make the, the satellite. Well, they have thing. a thing that says three years later. Right. Yeah. So oh it's so they, they've got three years. 
But so it starts in, in 2019, so this year, and there are 17 countries that have collaborated to build this sophisticated satellite <laughs> system. Um, so Rebecca, like as a space journalist, is, is 17 countries a lot? So I, I counted this up and there are 22 member countries just in the European Space Agency. <laughs> so no, <laughs> 17 is a very small number, but they had 17 as this like high number. And unfortunately, it's really not. Do you think Holland is one of the countries and that's why it's called Dutch Boy? (laughs) Some of the countries that we know are the U.S., which is leading this satellite mission, which is called Dutch Boy, after the boy who put his finger in the dam. I have a question about that. Do they then come and fix the dam and let him take his finger out? Or does he just spend his entire life with his finger in the dam, unable to take it out? There's no explanation given (laughs) of why. Of why this is the appropriate metaphor or like analogy. Also, in the beginning, with the opening monologue with the girl reading it, she says they gave the satellite net a technical name, but we all came to call it Dutch Boy. So it's like you never know what it's actually called. That's right. I think this movie would have been at least 10 Rotten Tomato points better if it wasn't called Dutch Boy. Mm -hmm. Or at least I would have been able to take it a little bit more seriously. I feel like the actors signed on because they were like, it will be an acting challenge to keep a straight face while saying things like they've weaponized the Dutch boy. (laughs) They could not stop saying it. They really did. Right, like what's wrong with Band-Aid or like Hail Mary or like there's so many better options. Whatever, anything but Dutch boy. But I mean, Dutch Boy does seem to be the the project of one man, as he's referred to multiple times in this in this movie, one man who seems to be pretty bad at people management and also his job in general and just interpersonal skills. That one man is Jared Butler, who we meet while he is busy having a very terrible attitude toward congressional oversight. I think this was a masterclass in how not to get your point across and make, like it's the anti how what is it how to win influence and get people to like you oh, how to win friends and influence people yeah how, it's the anti how to win friends and influence <laughs> I don't I don't people. mean to like go all like you know blazing feminist on this can you imagine if a woman rocked up to congress and was like people like you need people like me they wouldn't like it. But everybody's pretty cool with it when, when Jared Butler does that. But he gets fired for that, though. Oh, yeah, he, he gets fired and then he has to live in well, an Airstream for three years. Yeah, and his brother replaces him. His brother with the bad Such haircut. Such a bad haircut. Oh, God, that haircut. Yeah. I was so angered by it. This takes place over the course of three years. Like, he has plenty of time to go to Supercuts and get that fixed. So we meet his brother at this hearing. Gerard Butler's brother's name is Max. And Max keeps texting him during this congressional hearing to shut the fuck up. And Gerard Butler does not listen. After the hearing, it becomes clear that Max has been given Gerard Butler's job and is now head of the Dutch boy. (laughs) See, you can't even say that with a straight face. I'm going to say Dutch oven by the end of this episode. Also, you keep calling it the Dutch boy, which they just, they do not say that. They say Dutch boy. I know, but it helps me take it a little bit more seriously to put an article before (laughs) Dutch boy. (laughs) 
I spent like a half an hour of this movie thinking that that was kind of a form of a pancake before I was corrected and informed that that was a Dutch baby. I was hungry the whole time I was watching this. I sent you guys Dutch baby <laughs> recipes while watching this. I want to make one. Ugh, this movie is so convoluted. And the thing that annoys me, again, a spoiler alert, is just like very little science in this movie. They never really explain anything about how it works. So apparently the inspiration for this film was the writer's daughter asked him, hey, why don't they just make a machine to stop climate change? And then he was like, I'll make a movie about a machine that stops climate change that is not at all scientifically accurate or anything. No. So it's never explained other than it's like a satellite array how the Dutch boy stops Yeah, they climate. don't even like pay lip service to explaining how it no, stops no, no, they, Like, is it, a, there's like a laser? No, sound waves in space. Yeah. But there's like a part where there's a red laser. A la yeah, what was that about? Day. But, you know, a satellite breaks because the sound waves they're using to control it stop working. And I'm like, I have identified a problem with your setup. <laughs> <laughs> that you're using sound waves in space. Since there's no sound in space because sound can't travel through a vacuum. Even a biologist knows this. I mean, fact check, sound waves in space, that's problematic. Yeah, that was one of many things that really annoyed me. I feel like this is the first pod where I can actually offer something as a space person because that was really annoying to me that the little fancy space shuttles flew by and whooshed, which, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) Also, they had 30 of these fancy new black space shuttles that were really important to build this thing, but somehow they're also filthy and worn from years of use. <laughs> None of the timelines in this made any so sense So fact check, true, because as somebody who works on large scientific projects, it is really hard to get funding for like basic maintenance of stuff. So I would not be surprised yeah. if that was like the only realistic <laughs> yeah. thing in this movie is that they would allocate money to build these fancy new space shuttles, but like nothing to wash the windows. So I, I, I get that. But anyway, so let's let's fast forward three years, apparently. It should have been 30 years. Yeah. If it's three years from 2019, they keep saying it's an election year. And it's it's not unless the political system has, has really changed since then. Hmm, Although right. we're not clear. So people start taking climate change seriously in 2019. So we don't know when Gerard Butler has that congressional scene. It could be, because you can't just be like, oh, today I'll finally take climate change seriously. Tomorrow I've put a massive satellite array into space. Like time must have elapsed, right? Wait, yeah, no, this is confusing because it can't be that long because the Secretary of State is the same guy in the beginning when he gets replaced by his his brother and then- Maybe he's just really good at being Secretary of State. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Somebody also points out that he hasn't spoken to his brother in three years. And it's just, that's not a very long time to be estranged. And I don't know. It's none of the time. Anyway, like fast forward three years and Jared Butler is living in an airstream. And and I'm obsessed with this. He says, I lost my family, (laughs) my house and my dog. And I'm like, what happened to the dog? (laughs) Yeah, what happened? Maybe he has his daughter. 
It's just like <laughs> who cares about her? A dog. She seemed cool. She was the only likable character in the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she's just like the daughter's inventing solar panels or something when we first meet her. Yeah, I mean, she says you know, you know, going back to my angry feminist kick when she says you never did much parenting. Can you imagine a female character being sympathetic if she was told, "Oh, you were a really bad mom"? No, you can't. No, no. She also tells Max, "You were supposed to be." part of my life because he hasn't talked to her in three years he also like when he sees her just in case we've forgotten he's like oh you don't look like an eight-year-old and she's like because i'm 11 (laughs) just in case you miss that it's three years later (laughs) they they really try that home don't they here's a little here's a little nugget of math to remind (laughs) you that time is fast that might be the only math concept in the entire movie we're getting really fixated on this, which, you know, there's the whole move. We're like three <laughs> minutes into the movie at this point. Anyway, in this movie, um, three years later, Andy Garcia. President Andy Garcia. Who was in The Godfather. I mean, the third one, but still, he was in The Godfather. Like, he should be retroactively fired from The Godfather for his role in this movie. Oh, Godfather 3 is so bad, though. I mean, just... It, I mean, it's, it's better than Geostorm. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, so for some reason I don't really understand, they have to send somebody up to the Geostorm controlling space station. And Oh, because th- those people were those people oh, yeah, were those frozen. People, yeah. The fro- it's yeah. something's gone wrong. So people encounter a popsicle village. Just a village of humans who have been turned into popsicles and one of the people who encounter its popsicle village goes to shake the hand or like touch one of the frozen men and his hand just falls off and then they like zoom into a cross section of the hand that's fallen off just in case you don't get that (laughs) they were once people and what did you think was gonna happen that that it would suddenly with the warmth of his touch and human (laughs) compassion You would come back to life and be like, you set me free, American. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this movie has like really bizarre ideas about the American contribution to UN peacekeeping missions. It gets really confusing. I have complex thoughts on Ed Harris's <laughs> final monologue. Yeah. We'll get to. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I, have, I took some copious notes about that section. But anyway, they decide they're going to have to send somebody up to the space station to check on why it's making people into popsicles. Yeah, it's like malfunctioning and not controlling the climate like it's supposed to. Because President Andy Garcia is like, we need to send one man. And I'm like, that is a violation of federal equal opportunity legislation. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. Thankfully, it was done by executive order. So I guess that overrides. Yeah, right. Too real. Too, 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 too close to home. I don't know. But so other stuff starts happening. Is it? Does it, the other stuff start happening while Jared Butler is up there? Like, doesn't Hong Kong get destroyed? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Their friend is like driving in a car that is like the road is melting next to him as he's driving. They zoom up on the thermometer in the car. They zoom up on the thermometer, and it is 135 degrees Fahrenheit, which is hot. So it got so hot that it ignited the gas lines, but also somehow. melted the road. But no, it's because the gas lines were igniting and like blow it. That's why all the buildings were falling over. So I guess that would melt the road because okay. it's on fire. And also we find out how hot it is because this character whose name I don't know. What's the guy's name? His name is Chang Long. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, His name is Chang Long. I won't say that. It's just anyway. He like drops, he drops some eggs on the ground and then they cook. 
And then he's like, oh, God, because he sees the he sees the pipes coming out and he hops into his smart car. Of course. And there's this crazy smart car chase scene. Clearly, smart car gave money <laughs> to this because the smart car is outmaneuvering all the other cars. Yes. And it's because it's so small. But it's I've driven a smart car. You don't have that much control. A little gust of wind comes and you feel it. You can't glide seamlessly over the cracking road and beat these other cars in Hong Kong. And also it has, what does it have? The International Climate logo on the side. International Climate Consortium that he's a part of. Just a little on the nose of the smart car. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, he's friends with Max. They've known each other since college, apparently. And he's the lead engineer of the Pacific division of this Dutch boy consortium. So I guess, yeah, at that point, is that when he arrives? When Gerard Butler slash Jake arrives at at the station? So sometime before he arrives, there's an Afghani guy on the space station named Mahmoud. Of course. Who is, for some reason, killed, like murdered on the, on the station. So like he goes into this chamber, something locks the chamber, and then the doors blow off and he gets ejected into space, frozen, and dies. So there's murder aboard the ship climate anomalies and then gerard butler and also i just want to point out that when you zoom up to the space station the quality of the animation is like a car insurance commercial from 1995 (laughs) (laughs) so bad i think i wrote down this is the production values are equivalent to a usa (laughs) special they are it was so bad and that's like most of the criticism of the movie was this could have been interesting if you had a good budget for graphics and, and animation it's like and they just didn't. And it had nothing. Not it had even nothing hair. Going for you it. know, like they didn't even have a budget to give the guy a haircut. Not even good hair. I think the color correction was also done via Instagram filter, specifically <laughs> Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sort of the wrong, wrong color. The thing I love about this movie as an aside is that it was so bad in the pre-screenings that they actually had to get a new producer and reshoot the movie, a lot of the movie, because it was so bad. And this is what they came up with. That's probably why the the value went down, because they just had spent all of this money paying for yeah, like, that didn't get me. They got like Jerry Bruckheimer to produce it halfway like after it was already done because it was mm. so bad. Yeah. That explains a lot. I mean when they get to the spaceship, I have about two pages of notes that are just all caps. How is there so much gravity? <laughs> oh my god. There's even a part where they say you need to step over the gravity threshold. And that's not <laughs> how that works. I was so angry. That's really funny. But that's really funny. <laughs> and then you're married to space. <laughs> da-na, but, da-na. Then, but then he shows up on the space station and like legit nobody recognizes him. Nobody knows who he is. But this was his life's work. And then he meets the German woman and he's just like who's the lead scientist here? They need to understand the art of giving a shit. And she's like, dude, it's me. And I was like, what woman scientist among us cannot relate to the experience of a dude being like, who's the scientist? Point me to him. It was, it was ridiculously sexist at times. Also, there are a lot of guns in space, which just doesn't seem like a good idea. Also a bad idea. So I, At some point, they figure out that there is a virus 
that's making the spaceship do bad things. And you know it's a virus because it's colored in red. So if you write red code, that's a virus. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing, so Max goes to this hacker woman at the State Department and gives her his special pen, which is also a phone and a USB stick or something that has data from Dutch Boy. And she plugs it in and then she starts typing hacker code, except the only thing that she types in is the command MKDeer, which coders among us will know that that just means make a folder. (laughs) That's it. All she did was make a folder and figure it out. (laughs) That's really great. And I was just like, this is bad hacking. They should have consulted someone for like... just making folders. Even made up, she doesn't need to be writing in Unix. It could be anything. (laughs) Control V. I wrote that down because I was like, this is the only piece of expertise I have to contribute to this. Other than my general disdain for this film. So there's a virus and then none of them can log in. So they're, they're very suspicious of what's going on. But then... Our good old friend Cheng Long, who has now survived this catastrophic gas line explosion in Hong Kong with his smart car, it calls Max and says, I know what's wrong. It says, you know, when someone says I figured it all out and doesn't elaborate on the phone as to what they figured out, you know, yeah. they're not long for this world, yeah. unfortunately, because, yeah. of course, right when he gets to see Max in Washington, D.C., in our fair city, in the district about to cross the street, he gets pushed into traffic and dies. So we do not know what Chang has discovered, unfortunately, about this virus and who's in control of Dutch boy. But then as the person who threw him into traffic, you know, the car that hits him drives away, the camera like lingers weirdly long <laughs> on the face of the guy in the back seat. And it's the cheesiest possible villain scene and Sarah, the Secret Service agent, is tries to run after the car and holds her gun in this way that indicates she's never <laughs> held a gun before in real life. And it's just production values. This is this is even worse than the worst CBS procedural. So cheesy. And Sarah, Sarah is engaged or dating. She's dating Max. Max. But and it's they like, like they have this kind of supposed to be cute, except there's no chemistry between the none. two of them. None. No, none. Like none at all. None at all. And he's it's, like, if given the choice between saving me and saving the president, what would you choose? And she's just like the president, president. because my duty comes first. And so it's setting up this idea that she's going to have to choose between the president and him, which she ends up not having to do. So I'm like, <laughs> no. why did we? Like, yeah. why did we set this up? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, the Secret Service makes you take a vow of celibacy before you join it. I don't think that's true. I Googled, can I date a Secret Service agent? Yeah, it's none of their and I can. Right? <laughs> Let a girl live. But, but they can't get married or tell rule. anybody about their relationship because I, Why? In this made-up world, you are a monk if you're in the Secret Service. Mm. I don't know. That's the only part of the movie that I researched because I was like, can I... Like, surely one of these men that I've seen on Tinder works for the Secret Service. (laughs) I've swiped through so much of DC. Surely one of these guys. Yeah, I would would probably... That's a weird tangent on my life, but... (laughs) 
I would probably not want to date a Secret Service agent because I would be pissed if somebody would sacrifice my life for yeah. our idiot president. So yeah, I, I mean, like if it was me or Trump that. and you pick Trump, come on. But I mean, if it was me or o- Obama, I'd be like, yes, push me into traffic to save Obama. So I guess it depends who's president. My biggest problem with with that whole relationship and the fact that it was a secret and she's, you know, hinting that she may need to make an ultimate choice is that nobody dies. Armageddon at least had the balls to kill Bruce Willis. And this movie just doesn't. It's just, oh, yeah, spoiler alert, by the way. Um, no, Bruce Willis dies that. in Armageddon. Fuck spoiling this movie. Don't <laughs> even watch. watching it is the spoiler. <laughs> it really is. You literally have nothing to gain by watching it. So if it's a it's a public service that we are spoiling the ending for you, in which no one dies and nothing interesting happens. No, but realistically, like hundreds of thousands of people do die, though. There's none of the characters we see. I mean, I guess that's when true. that whole gas, just that one gas line explosion in Hong Kong, a million people probably died because there were so <laughs> many high rises that fell oh, over. So it was probably a lot of people died. And then this is my problem. As things are going, let's say, awry, you know, the geostorm hasn't happened but bad things are happening leading up to it because the satellite's not working there's right you know, frozen people fine gets really hot fine but a tsunami what <laughs> there is no weather phenomenon that's going to cause a tsunami so that makes no sense just i just i don't like that entire city of dubai is flooded by a tsunami this wouldn't happen why did they have to do that i mean also the heat wave makes sense the tornadoes make sense that doesn't make sense the, my, my most hated part of the things that don't make sense was the fact that you can't blow up a convention center with no. a strike of lightning. Well, also no. when they're fleeing from the convention center, they take refuge under like a highway overpass, which is somehow going to protect them when the lightning's blowing up the convention center. I found a flaw yeah. in this movie, guys. <laughs> guys, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about you, were you asleep when this happened like were you, were you doing i don't know what's the convention no so did we just fast forward in time yes because none of none of us can bear to talk about jared butler's relationship with his brother because like we just yeah it's so boring i mean basically the whole thing so they're at the de- when they're at the democratic national convention oh wow we skipped a lot okay but what I else happened? Okay. I mean, what else happens? They're like on the space station. Well, they, find oh. out, they find out that it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. So they realize that there's a guy on the space station who's a traitor who's doing the virus bullshit. But they, mm. don't know who to- but they don't know who told him to do it. There's the scene that then goes, after Chang Wong dies, Gerard Butler and Max have this conversation where at first they're fighting because they hate each other because after their parents died, Gerard Butler went to jail or something, like punched someone in the face. I don't know. And then all of a sudden Gerard Butler, as Max is turning around to leave, he's just like, remember when dad took us fishing? And he like goes on this long, weird monologue about how their dad's like a spy and it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't remember this at all. Oh, but that was the clue. <laughs> that was the clue. So he, he was trying oh, to give Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he, it turns out that this is a whole code and none of it's real. And then he's just like, oh, there's a cipher. If I just use my brother's phone number and then type in the phone number into the audio transmission recording of this, it'll give a secret message which says, 
the government is causing the Dutch boy to freak out. Right. So Jack figures it out of what's going on, that it's an inside job, the freak out of the satellite system. But they do reference this in the very beginning of the movie when Max shows up after not seeing Jake for three years. And he said, we used to be so close that we had a secret code. And Jake's like, I don't remember it. But then then he really does. So oh, oh, I totally forgot about that moment because so much of this film does not pay off. <laughs> right. So that that was the one little tidbit that sort of paid off um, is that he did remember their secret code to give him that secret message from the space station that somebody is a traitor in the government. And then and then once they figured out that there is a traitor, my favorite line is delivered, which is someone has weaponized Dutch boy. Because <laughs> like, I can't take it seriously. Come on, Dutch boy. I know. Well, they've weaponized it. They've weaponized Dutch boy. Oh my. And of course, Max being Max requests the one person's help who is in fact the saboteur. It's like, good job, Max. Yeah, he's just like, there's a virus controlling Dutch boy. And then he says that to Duncan who is some guy on the space station who it turns out is the hacker. And when they discover, when Gerard Butler discovers that he's the hacker, Duncan's like, do you have any idea how much they pay scientists? Now times that by a hundred thousand. That's why I did this. And I'm like, come on, on, this is a weird message. Yeah. Pay scientists more, but like, we're not going to try to destroy the world. Yeah. Whoever did this wrote the script, hate scientists. Yeah. So then they realize that the president is behind it. And then we get to the convention center. Well, they think the president's behind behind it, right? So Max tells the secretary of state, oh, I think the highest levels of government are trying to destroy Dutch boy. And then that's when things get a little dicey for them all. Because Max then almost is assassinated by the Secretary of State. And then they realize, oh, no, it's not the president. It's actually his name? Deckham. Ed Harris, yeah. And he's the bad guy. And then they realize that in the DNC is in Orlando <laughs> and that they're going to be messed up by lightning that's going to kill everybody somehow. That's everybody in, this, in the – chain of succession and the government is there which also like wouldn't happen which i will now list out for you one vice president (laughs) two speaker of the house and then three is the speaker pro tempore of the senate and then number four is the secretary of state thank you so he he works it out such that he makes sure he can flee the lightning and everybody else is incinerated i guess and then he would become president but luckily, Max and his, make sure to emphasize this point, driver, self-driving driverless car somehow steal the president away with Sarah. And he says, I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. First of all, all the crazy defensive driving because Deckham's coming after him because they need the president because the president's biometrics ha- are the kill code for Dutch boy that I guess... It was self-destructing. Is he supposed to stop it from self-destructing? I don't know. I think he wanted it to blow up. Here's the other thing. It's unclear whether the issue with Dutch Boy is that it's like no longer functional and so the bad weather is happening or if it's causing the bad weather to happen. I thought it went rogue and they had to I also don't understand why 
killing the planet is is a good idea. <laughs> it's a good point because it doesn't make sense. Because his plan, so Deckham's plan is one to have the DNC wiped out. So he's president. Okay, sure. But he also wants the thing to go ham on the planet because he wants all of our quote enemies to be gone, wiped away as yeah. if by the hand of God. He wants what? to make America great again. Right. He does. It's like a real MAGA message in here. They like threw everything out. In case people thought this film was part of the liberal agenda, they're like, let's just throw in all of the weird, bad political ideas from all sides of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll never know what Hollywood thinks. Yeah. The Democrats are the bad guys. I mean, just Ed Harris, really. I mean, you know he's going to be the bad guy because he's he's Ed Harris and he's also famous and he doesn't have very much to do for most of this movie. So you're like, well, that famous guy who has had very few lines up until now, like he's obviously the bad guy. But then he's just like, science is all about playing God. That's what he said. How the hell, how did you get away or something? And he said, how? Because I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. And then the police come. And then that's what their stupid dialogue of when he says, well, I've given you an opportunity to kill the planet. You should take it. And then the president says, it's genocide, Leonard. You say genocide, I say preemptive strike. And then he goes on to the hand of God thing, scientists playing God and blah, blah, blah. So he thinks he's going to like end terrorism if he lets the planet be destroyed. But I just don't understand that because you- that, But like in this, in this world, there was no setup talking about terrorism. I no. didn't know terrorism was an issue. They were trying to solve a problem that I was unaware of. I don't, this is- bad this is a bad movie <laughs> it makes no it doesn't make any sense because also the whole point of what we all know climate change is real is that it wouldn't only impact one place the u.s wouldn't be fine while everybody else is dying it doesn't make any sense why be president of a dead country i don't uh. I feel like there's another movie that addressed some of these same sort of themes and did it well and that was the last avengers movie because Thanos had a plan to restore order and turn the clock back. So but that was I a good not movie. That movie because there's approximately 350 other movies I would have to watch to un- apparently understand Infinity War. I feel like you could start watching it. And it's- I think if Geostorm has taught us anything, it's that we have the power to withstand great difficulty <laughs> and make it out on the other side. Because this was just, thank you, Kate Furby, if you are listening, thank you for coming to my home and being my support person as I watch this because I couldn't have done it without yeah, you. Yeah, I would. I have to say thank you to my husband who also somehow sat through this entire movie with me and at one point said, oh, fucking fuck off. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Well, I watched it alone and texted people and tried to talk to them about it and no one replied. So... <laughs> Thanks, no one. Nobody. I did this all myself, damn it. Yeah, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. I mean, then they, oh, oh no, it's not. Well, I mean, a bunch of stupid shit happens in space. And it's like, as we already spoiled, nobody dies. So it's like Gerard Butler escapes. So quick, quick rundown. Deckham, Ed Harris has been neutralized. And now it's all about making sure that Dutch Boy either shuts down or self-destructs or something before geostorm happens at at which point i wrote in my notes wait this wasn't a geostorm (laughs) 
like all of these things. Like if a geostorm hasn't happened, then what did we just movie called geostorm? I want a little taste, like a little susan of like what what is a geostorm like? Because I thought I was watching one. We got very little actual disaster anything in the movie. So it's like there was a tsunami. I mean, 30 seconds and not even probably of that. Like, And it was just an excuse to watch the birds. a hot Brazilian woman in a bikini run. Yeah, that was amazingly bad. It was just, it was weird. And I was like, a man clearly shot this. She was probably the highest paid actress in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she didn't die. She, oh no, she did die, but she got not frozen, but she got crushed by a plane. Thank you. Oh, that's right. So then they finally, with one second to go, Dutch Boy destroys itself. Only Gerard Butler and the German scientist woman who surprises him because she stays behind and they're supposed to die. If this were Armageddon, yeah, a not great but much better movie. Oh, so much better, yeah. so much better be and terrible. And then so the whole Dutch boy is falling apart, and then they like see a leftover—I don't know what that thing was—a satellite. Uh, it looked yeah, like it was a satellite. Yeah, yeah, they see like a little leftover satellite, and so they swim through space to get to it. And so they end up not dying. They ride at home. And when they didn't die, I was like, you didn't need to save these people because you didn't make me care about them. I didn't really care if they died or not, but they did not. Well, someone had to rebuild Dutch Boy. So thank God he didn't die. And then they like rebuild a thing. And now there's something about all of the countries have equal control instead of just America controlling it. NASA saves the day, but then they gave it to the world. And then they go fishing at the end. But then they think it's boring. Because that, again, that was the whole code. It was like that they never went fishing with their dad. That's how he knew he was speaking in code. So then they try to go fishing at the end to be brothers. And they're like, this is really boring. And I'm like, you're sitting on a beautiful beach and the world is beautiful. (laughs) Looking at a sunset. Just shut up. Okay. Made me that so is the code as soon as we start talking about fishing look for the what is the code <laughs> speaking in code the words he used because that's why he was able to chop up the video and know every whatever number word was the word that was supposed to be said but he was clued into the fact he wasn't just speaking gibberish when he said oh you remember when we went fishing with our dad and he's like we never did that so that was you know that meme that was going around twitter like what's the one thing i would say if i was kidnapped and i couldn't tell you that would be not typical of something i would normally normally say so I guess it was kind of like that mm. Mm. you know what I mean mine was Dimetrodon as a dinosaur what was everybody else's <laughs> I would not ever say that people so if I ever say that to you I've been kidnapped and I need rescue I guess mine would be Beyonce's overrated <laughs> that would be yours I would I would call 911 if you said that to me <laughs> I would be <laughs> Rebecca do you have one mine would probably be something about that I hope the moon blows up <laughs> Space is boring. I hate space the moon. I don't care about. I don't care about space robots at all. Robots I are soulless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, care no. about Mars rovers. You'd be like Mars rovers are the most boring thing I've ever heard about in my whole life. I would probably call the FBI. I'd be like something's <laughs> really wrong. Um, Honestly, that's it because I don't know or care anymore. <laughs> no, I think it left because she was so disgusted with us in this movie that she just left so yeah all right now now we've reached our highlights and lowlights section Shayna, you're up 
okay. Um, highlights for me, definitely the dialogue. I just was found it really inspiring. <laughs> and again, is this code? Are you being abducted? <laughs> I did. It's genocide. Leonard is just really, really moving. And also because I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. It's, you know, so those were the highs for me, just like really moving dialogue. Um, the lows, I didn't see enough. I didn't see a geostorm and I really wanted to because I want to know what it is. And we still don't know. And we will never know. We'll so. never know the signs until we're in the middle of it. All right, Rebecca, what about you? I think my my highs would be nothing <laughs> <laughs> except for some choice dialogue, which also is inspiring, including when the code hacker woman says that she is kind of freaked out by this whole thing and is not sure if she wants to play. And then she's like, but I do and I don't, you know, kind of like riding a roller coaster or eating Chipotle. And I was like, you know what? I can relate to that. That was maybe my... <laughs> I always want to eat Chipotle. <laughs> always. What's your low? Well, I don't know. I think my low is probably my high, which is the fact that they have a clock counting down to the geostorm because I just laughed so hard at that because it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Because weather doesn't work that way. Weather doesn't begin at a certain time. At one point, the clock said two minutes and 56 seconds. And I was just like, what if what if you're four seconds early and the bomb of the geostorm goes off before you can defuse it? I feel like I've probably overthought this because I, you know, which I have. So everything I'm about to say is garbage. But, you know, with geoengineering, I'm like wondering if they've screwed now they've like screwed up the climate so bad through geoengineering that they do know precisely like when it shuts <laughs> off the whole thing's going to go like kablooey. That's what would happen if with some of the like geoengineering that's been proposed, if it ever broke, we would immediately be fucked. We'd so, be like um, on but see again, right? I've, but I've again, I've overthought this to a, an extreme degree. That's almost embarrassing for me to admit publicly. Thank you. For me, the high was the president's campaign slogan, which is "United We Stand, United We Can." Oh, okay, Obama ripoff. I thought if we're gonna plagiarize, go all out. <laughs> hope you know my low other than the whole film would have to be that the german scientist lady stayed for gerard butler because we never see a moment in which he makes an effort with her no and like tries to redeem the fact that he the first thing he said to her was to doubt her expertise and qualifications and then suddenly she sticks behind and to my knowledge they don't even get together and get it on at the end so no. i don't understand i don't care i'm angry yeah mm-hmm. the end and kate said before she stormed out in a fury that she loved this movie and she supports it 100%. Kate is forever quitting the podcast after you defamed her in such a way and spread such violent lies. I will be hearing from her lawyers <laughs> shortly. This, will also be, this is how we know that Kate made it to the end when we get an angry text message. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't, I mean, she never listened to the podcast. <laughs> Which I don't blame her. <laughs> I love listening to our podcast. We're so great. Okay, so so now it's time for ratings. Rebecca, what do you rate this movie? Oh, man. I rate it a category four and a half shitstorm. Is that out of 10? Out of 10. I think we have to reverse the category scale. <laughs> Shayna? I give it like a two, I think. Just a, t- a two. <laughs> 
I'm going to give it a minus 6.5 so that we can give this <laughs> zero. This movie got a Z- gets a zero out of 10 because I don't respect that scales have to be positive. Zero out of 10 it is. Well, my friends, do we have anything else to say? I hope the next terrible movie that we watch is fun. <laughs> Even in in a sad way. Listeners, please, if you have thoughts on the next movie that we should watch, please let us know. If you want to actually have a say in how we get tortured next time, make sure that you subscribe at patreon.com slash anthropocinema. Become a patron. Every dollar gives you a vote. Make your vote heard. Make your voice count. United we stand. United we can. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Some things were never meant to be controlled. (laughs) 